You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 125. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. As usual, I am currently staring at a very smiley, happy baby who is making the funniest faces lately. I don't know what it is, but my son has recently figured out how to make oh my gosh he's so cute my heart how to make these like really cute faces and my heart cannot handle it he just like smiles all the time I don't even know if you can hear him laughing in the background or not he's kind of like on the other side of the room but he (laughs) oh my gosh I probably should re-record this but it's so cute anyway I'm gonna try not to look at him for a second so anyway it is so cute Um, But he's been like teething lately too. So he's like super happy, but also like super grumpy all at the same time. So it's kind of a struggle right now. But anyway, nonetheless, I'm very excited for today's episode and to introduce you to today's guest. With me today, I have Terry Patrick, who is a brand strategist and marketing consultant, a podcast host and founder of The Social Acre. Terry is an advocate and driving force for women-owned home and lifestyle brands around the globe, supporting them to challenge norms and scale consciously. Terry's experiences managing multi-million dollar marketing portfolios and heading the board for a female-led nonprofit has shaped her dynamic approach to leadership and what it takes to build a memorable brand. We cover so many things in our conversation together, but Terry specifically dives deep into not overthinking your brand and how to not be afraid to start something new and why it's important to be willing to fail when you are jumping into a new business venture. She also teaches some of her unique brand strategies and systems that she offers, and I am just so beyond excited for you guys to meet her. She's really such a cool person to chat with. So without further ado, here is Terry. Hey, you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl podcast hosted by yours truly. My name is Sarah Elrod and I'm a serial entrepreneur through and through, but most importantly, I'm a wifey, a mama, and pretty much a crazy horse lady. I started this podcast based on an old saying my husband once told me, that every successful rancher has a wife that works in town. And being the stubborn, wannabe homesteading housewife that I am, I decided that why do I have to work in town in order to contribute? So I made it my mission to teach other rural women and entrepreneurs how to grow thriving brands online from way out yonder. Whether you live out in the middle of nowhere, have to take a dirt road to get there, or if you're just a mama who wants to stay home raising babies and cows someday, this is the place for you. On this show, we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. So grab a coffee and your favorite notebook and let's saddle up and get to work. This is the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. You guys, it is finally here. My brand new membership, The Social Herd, is officially here and I cannot wait for you to jump in with me. The Social Herd is a monthly subscription that serves a variety of purposes. It's a social media content resource center with over 100 done-for-you captions available upon your entry. By joining the subscription, you're going to gain access to new caption templates every single month on top of the ones previously added. You'll also be a part of a community of rural, like-minded women who are there to encourage you, share stories, 
victories, wins, successes, and more. Plus, there will be a live training and Q&A with me every single month. If you're a ranch wife, mom, business owner, someone wanting to stay home and raise their babies, make money from social media, use social media to grow your current business, or just make a side hustle, this is the place for you. If you struggle with writing Instagram captions, need help refining your strategy online, but don't have a huge budget to hire a fancy, expensive business coach, this is for you. The social herd is like your own personal social media manager in your back pocket. Don't let fear get in the way. There's no commitment. If you sign up for one month and decide it's not for you, no biggie. You can cancel at any time. There's literally no reason not to try this. So will I see you on the inside? Head to sarahelrod.com slash social herd to sign up today or head to the link in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, well, hi, Terry. Thank you so much for being here and for coming on the Branded Cowgirl podcast. I'm really, really stoked to talk to you today. And I feel like there's just so many different things I want to share and talk about with you. Um, but first, for anybody who's listening, who isn't familiar with you, what you do, all the things. Yeah, for sure. I'm so happy to be here. I, I actually found your podcast on Google. And after listening to a few episodes, I just knew that we would have so much to talk about. Um, but I'm Terry. I'm a brand and marketing consultant, podcast host as well, and the founder of both the Social Acre and what I like to call the memorable brand method. So I primarily support home and lifestyle businesses to build a memorable brand so they can amplify their visibility and impact. So mm -hmm. I like to focus on all things brand strategy, marketing, visibility. That's kind of my bread and butter with my clients. Um, and I love seeing the impact of brand strategy, being able to activate people's businesses and, and see how it, it creates long-term growth. Mm -hmm. So that's my bread and butter. There's more to it than just business, but that's what I love to do. Uh, and yeah, that's awesome. I, well, first I love that you found this on Google. I don't know why anytime I see that, like somebody has found me on Google or like somebody tells me that I'm just like, wow, my SEO is working. <laughs> I did. It is great. girl. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, well, I love that. And I feel like you have so many awesome things that you focus on and you're super niche, which I think is really mm -hmm. cool and interesting. And it's something that I really want to dive into more is how you chose that kind of home lifestyle area to focus on. Like what, what exactly is that area that, that you're focusing on it? And how did you get to that point? Yeah. So a few things here, when I first started my business, I actually, so I went to university and I thought that I wanted to be an interior designer. I was always interested in anything to do with home, like renovations. I was always that kid, like watching HGTV, like house flips. Like I just thought I was going down that path. Um, but I ended up going to school for business and marketing. So that changed that. And when I started my business, I was naturally drawn to those industries. So I decided why not just help them because then it's a double win for me. I get to work with these people and in an industry, I actually enjoy doing marketing work with, I also enjoy. So yeah. that kind of led me down the path to discovering um, marketing and branding for real estate specifically. Now, with that being said, I got a lot of, I got kind of bored in the beginning when mm -hmm. I niched down because when I first started my business, I kind of wanted to dip my toes 
in the water everywhere to see where I wanted to start. Mm -hmm. And so when I niched down right away, I felt like I was kind of cut off to trying different things. So that's where I kind of coined the term home brands. I like to say that I serve home brands and I was able to expand my niche, not just from real estate, but I call it the home circle. So there's realtors, stagers, interior designers, professional organizers, and they all are connected. If you know a realtor, they know a stager. If you know a stager, they know an interior designer and the interior designer probably knows a professional organizer. So that's kind of how my niche expanded, but it's a unique niche because they're all related yet different at the same time, which makes working with all of these really fun. Um, So that's kind of how I discovered it and how I'm building off it today. That's so cool. And it's probably helpful that it is like, like they all know each other. And so that probably yeah. helps you out where they're like, oh, you should use her for this. And I'm sure that has just kind of like expanded and grown. And that does keep things interesting that it's, you're still in that same niche of like home, but it's all these different kind of facets that go with that. So yeah. I think that's really interesting. So what kinds of things do you help these types of brands do exactly? Like, mm-hmm. what is it if, if a realtor were to come to you, for instance, like, what is it that you're helping them do? Yeah, um, a lot. But with real estate specifically, when COVID happened, I hate talking about COVID because it's just like one of those things that you want to stop talking about. <laughs> but it really was, it truly was a pivotal moment for that industry specifically to really get online. And start leveraging their personal brands, their team brands, using social media, getting on TikTok. The realtors you see today that are thriving are utilizing social media. Their branding is great. Their marketing is great. And everything is in line. Um, It was kind of one of those things where you had to get with it or you're kicked to the curb. So Mm -hmm. that was my opportunity to really step in and support these people to adapt to online. Because before, realtors their way of marketing was very different, right? They would do Mm -hmm. the door hangers and they would go door to door. Not that you can't do that nowadays, but it just doesn't work as well. So my job was to step in and help them adapt to how to navigate social media. What should you be sharing on social media? How do you build your personal brand to not just look like any other everyday realtor? Mm -hmm. So that was a huge thing. And I think a lot of realtors, they always need help with social media, with marketing, with branding, because at the end of the day, it's just not their wheelhouse. They are, you know, their expertise is in selling homes, Mm -hmm. um, real estate, investing, working with their clients. So that's where I step in and support them. Um, any, anything from personal branding to content production, social media, marketing, everything based online that they need to really get themselves out there is, is how I'm supporting them today. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I think you're so right when you say that it was, I mean, as much as we all hate talking about COVID, it it was such a pivotal moment of everybody needs to get online. Like everything is going Mm -hmm. that direction. And as much as we don't want to be all content creators, like that's where we're at in marketing. And Mm -hmm. I think every business has something to benefit from creating content and putting content out there. And it doesn't have to be as complicated as I think a lot of people make it out to be, but, um, that's where obviously people like you, where you're, you're helping them that take that next step and and helping them get over that bridge that I feel like can be so daunting for people that have no idea what they're walking into in the world of social media. 
Yeah. And I know in the beginning you said something that you focus on, I believe it was memorable marketing or was it something, something like that? Yeah, it's um, our, so my signature methodology is what we've coined as the memorable brand method. And it's to, it's actually built alongside, it's built for the purpose of being for home brands, realtors specifically, because they're such a saturated industry um, that the goal is to really help them find their unique voice because it's so hard with all of the noise. I mean, I forget what the stat is. Um, I'm not sure where you're from, but around like where I'm from, it's like, you know, nine out of 10 people are a realtor. Like the stat is like crazy. Like everyone is a real estate agent nowadays. So it's never been more critical to be able to like define yourself online. So that's how the memorable brand method was born. Got it. And then can you maybe walk us through like what a little bit of that method, like what does that look like? Yeah, I would love to share it with you. I actually just had a masterclass on it last week. I love talking about it. Um, So what I like to say is like being memorable is not necessarily about being the best, but it's rather about being able to convey your message in a way that is going to attract people and define your industry. So eventually amplifying your authentic presence. And I don't love using the word authentic, but it's true. (laughs) So I believe that there's three core pillars that need to be developed in order to create a memorable brand. The first is brand personality. The second is brand positioning. And the third is brand essence. And to put things together for your audience here, I'll give you an example because I love using I love using Tesla as a yeah. example of how they've used these three pillars. So their brand personality, I don't know if your audience is familiar with brand archetypes. That's an entirely different subject that I won't go too deep into. <laughs> okay. But if you search a brand archetype quiz or brand archetypes on Google right away, it'll tell you what it is. So feel free to do that after. <laughs> yeah. um, but Tesla's brand archetype is the magician brand. So the all that means is that the magician seeks to transform the world. That's how the Tesla brand is built. They seek mm-hmm. to transform. So they took that and built their brand positioning. And their strategy is essentially based on Elon Musk's ability to create buzz. The CEO's, his aura is larger than life. And Tesla's positioning statement is that they don't just sell cars, they sell technology. And then that carries them into the third pillar, which is brand essence. They are communicating through their personality and positioning that they um, they communicate excitement, competence, and sophistication, and they're targeting the environmentally conscious. So it's not really by coincidence or luck that the Tesla brand is thriving. It's really because of these pillars and brand strategy. Um, one more thing I'll share with your audience too, as part of our framework is what I like to call the activate framework. And this is something anyone can go through to help build out the foundation of their brand. Mm -hmm. So if we spell out the word active, activate each letter stands for something. So a would be archetype C is characteristics. T is thought leadership. I is identity. So those are your visuals. V is visibility. A is authority, T is transform, and E is experience. So when you put together all of these letters, that's what really creates an activated and memorable brand. And that's um, how we use it with our clients. Mm, That's so good. And that's such a a good way to explain things. And it's so like well broken out and I'm a big fan of examples. So I'm so happy you gave the (laughs) Tesla example, but I, I love that you have such a well thought out method. And I feel like that probably makes it a lot easier for other people to understand who don't know what 
like where to even start when it comes to building, building that brand. I think that's so important. Um, for a lot of people that you're working with, what would you say are kind of the biggest pain points or things Mm -hmm. that people struggle with the most when it comes to like having that brand that stands out? Mm -hmm. Um, with real estate agents and even interior design specifically, they have no idea what to say when it comes to their marketing, their content, because there's so much of the same, you know, like take real estate, for example, they come to me and it's like, what do I post? Like everyone posts a market update. Everyone posts, um, you know, just sold or just listed. Like what do I post to be different? And I think that is the, really the answer to that is brand strategy. Because when you can go through and build a, a strategy for your brand, you will find your unique voice. And I'll give you another example since you're a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I had a client, um, Sonia, who is in real estate. And for the longest time, it was the content was just so mundane. It was like market updates and just sold, just listed, just listed, et cetera. And when we worked on her personal brand, the transformation there was that now her niche is um, she targets female investors. So a lot of her content is based around educating women on how they can invest, whether that be teaching the word of the week, you know, what is different types of investments and how you can get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, she's honestly really changing, like she's supporting future generations, women specifically to be more confident with money, mindset, and real estate. So just in activating her brand strategy, we've been able to position her as different from what everyone else is posting. And I think that is the biggest pain point that people usually come to me with. They don't feel like they're being represented for who they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, They feel like they're all being painted with the same brush of, oh, it's just another realtor. So Mm -hmm. that's something I see all the time. And that's so common for, I think any industry is, I mean, you see it all the time when people just start a business or are coming out with this brand. And I think it's really easy to just revert to like those types of posts and that type of content. Because that's what you think. You think, oh, I'm a realtor. I just need to post about real estate only and just what's for sale and what's not. And I think you mm-hmm. put yourself in this bubble and it and you think you're doing it right because, oh, that's what everyone else is doing. But really, that's putting you in a bad bubble. Like you don't want to be <laughs> doing what everyone mm-hmm. else is doing. Um, mm-hmm. So and I love that you have that client that is is almost reaching this whole new level of, I'm sure, clientele for herself. And I think that's just really cool that she's able to talk about something outside of just real estate, but in turn yeah. brings people in. That's yeah. Cool. The word the word brand, I think sometimes too, I wanted to touch on this, like mm-hmm. uh, people who aren't educated in the branding and marketing industry, they assume brand means like, oh, I need a new logo. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what it really is, is a gateway, a tool for you to be unique in your industry. It, the, your visual identity is important, of course, but there's so much more to brand than what meets the eye. And I think part of my personal mission is to educate people on what that actually looks like, because the term brand is way overused online. And I mm-hmm. actually don't think a lot of people realize what it means. That's a good point. Yeah. I think everybody does throw around the word brand a lot. So I guess for somebody who is listening, who might be thinking like, okay, I want to start a brand or I want to start a business. What would be your like step one for them? Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an overwhelming process because there's a lot of things you like, even thinking back to when I first started, oh man, it was a whole list. But I think honestly, to put things simply, if you're really starting with bare bones, like pick a business name first and don't overthink it because a lot of the times nobody really cares. (laughs) Right. And when it comes to your brand, um, I think the most important point to take away from this whole interview is is don't overthink what it looks like because it's going to change. Mm -hmm. It's going to evolve and you have to let it, you have to just start with what you have. So if, if your starter point is creating a logo in Canva and a simple color palette, let that be okay. And just know that over the years, it will evolve. It will change. You're not going to lose clients because of it. You're not going to You know, your business isn't going to go bankrupt because you changed your color palette. It's just not going to happen. Brands change all the time, every day. Mm -hmm. And when I look at my brand, when I first started, I wish I could have told myself not to get so hung up on the small details, like the color Mm -hmm. green I was using or the font I wanted to use. I think sometimes that can suck you into a hole of, you know, you're, you're missing the bigger picture of actually building your business. So just know wherever you're starting out, it doesn't need to be perfect. I am a keen believer in taking imperfect action. Mm -hmm. And if you think you look stupid, great. That's (laughs) awesome. Like keep going, you know, it'll look better over time. Um, so I think that's the number one piece of advice I would, I would give. It's so easy to overthink things. It's easier said than done. For um, sure. I don't get hung up on little things. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I mean, I remember starting my business and being so just thinking like, oh, I have to have this perfect logo and yeah, the colors have to be great. And even just for this podcast, I feel like my branding and just where I wanted to take this podcast and what it was going to look like has changed just in the few years that I've been doing it. And so it's so true. Like things are going to evolve. You don't always know where it's going to go, you know, in a few years or even in a few months. And so, yeah, yeah, don't get, don't get hung up on those things. Like pick something that you're okay with. And then as time goes, you can, like you said, evolve and change yeah. and grow. Cause it, it really is. It's, it's like, that's not paying your bills. Like most likely people yeah. are not going to hire you because you have like this great logo. They're going to hire you for the content you're putting out and the, and the other parts of your business that you're showing that you are an expert in this industry. So, exactly. but if you're not posting those things and you're not talking about it, then, you know, I feel like there's, there's always somebody who is doing those things. And that's where yeah. I struggled was being held back by that perfection. So yeah. I would say too, um, your budget is going to evolve over time. So don't like, just cause you started your business yesterday, doesn't mean you have to invest 10 K in a coach right away. Like your budget will evolve with you as your brand grows. So if all you can afford is, you know, a free can of a logo for yourself, that's not going to be your reality forever. Maybe the goal is next year, you finally hire that logo designer. And the year after that, you finally hire a brand strategist or a marketing consultant. So just enjoy the journey because every year is going to be different and don't beat yourself up. If you can't, you know, invest in everything professionally right away, just get started. And that's really all that matters. 
<laughs> That's so true. Yeah. And and you just maybe have a clear vision of what you even want. Because I know, <laughs> and I think hiring out is actually an important thing to talk about too, because I know that anytime I've tried to DIY things for myself, like if I DIY'd my logo, I'd be more likely to change it and like want to keep refining it. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like if I paid somebody to make a logo for me, I was more likely to stick to it and say, right. like, okay, I'm happy with this. I'm not going to change it. <laughs> Just something. I don't yeah. know if anybody else is like that, but I noticed that about myself a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. I think sometimes, yeah, like with logos, for sure, there's, there's the cheap way to do it. And then there's mm-hmm. the really expensive way to do it. And I think just work with what you have, but sometimes the accountability of actually paying for something will kind of make you make that commitment. So that's a great way um, to think of it as well. <laughs> yeah. To just stick to something. That's yeah. funny. So do you only focus on like the home type of niche, like the real estate agents, the interior designers, all those examples that you gave, or do you work with other people outside of that? Is that like your main bread and butter and you do other things or is that all you do? Um, I like to say that's all I do. I think that is my main focus. Mm -hmm. I am a very multi-passionate individual. So if there is like a lifestyle brand that happens to come my way, that's in the fashion industry, I don't typically turn people down. Mm -hmm. I like to stay quite open-minded and it also helps me flex new skills that way. But I think just the nature of my branding and my messaging, I do naturally attract 90% of what I would say home brands. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so you have your agency that does the branding and the marketing and then helping these businesses grow. And then you also have your podcast that you've started. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that? What inspired you to start a podcast? What kind of, where, where do you go with that? I'm uh, I'm curious to see how you'll answer this question as well because I always ask people why they started their podcast. So I'll I'll let you answer after I answer. Okay. But for me, um, my podcast was more a personal brand thing and an opportunity to connect and also um, give other women the platform to share their unguarded truths mm-hmm. about business and entrepreneurship because. I was honestly getting so fed up with a lot of the BS that is posted on social media, glorifying entrepreneurship, glorifying what it looks like to build a business. When in reality, a lot of us are behind the scenes, genuinely struggling. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have this platform where people could listen to an episode with me or, and a guest or just myself and feel like, damn, I am really not alone in Mm -hmm. my struggles because not every day is perfect. And a lot of what you see online is a third of what is actually going on behind the scenes. So that was my true driving, motivating factor in starting it. It's just a platform for me to talk to women like you and have these conversations about what it's like to Mm. build and grow and fail and try again. And I've been able to meet some really amazing friends through my podcast. I'm sure you can relate. You meet some really cool people. Mm -hmm. Um, It had nothing to do with my business when I started it. It was just something I wanted to have to do for fun. And also it supports build your business community, which is just a plus of having a podcast. Mm, Yeah, that's so true. I've definitely loved that getting to talk to people that I don't know that I ever would have talked to if I didn't yeah. have a podcast. And so, and, and being able to provide that platform for other people to share stories and things like that is really 
cool and just learning. You learn so much just from listening to people talk. And I think that's been a really cool process. For me, it was because a huge a part of my audience is like rural women, women that live out in on right. ranches and like very much in that's the country so cool. kind of thing. And I started it because that was essentially the lifestyle that I was living, had always wanted to live. Like I wanted to live rurally with my family, but I was told that as a business owner, like you were going to fail and like things weren't, you know, you wouldn't get as much business because you live in these rural areas and Mm -hmm. there's not as many people and people's budgets are lower and they're not going to pay as much as if you lived in a big city. And I just always refused to believe that. I felt like that was such a limiting thought. And Um, so I really set out just in my own personal business to kind of prove that wrong. And then that is kind of what inspired me to start my podcast was, okay, I, I was able to grow a business living the lifestyle that I live and I want, you know, I'm sure other women feel the same way and Mm -hmm. and other people feel like that too. Like, you know, it, so anyway, that was kind of what started my journey with this was deciding, okay, I'm going to help other women that live or want to live this lifestyle, you know, be able to help provide for a family without having to live in a big city or if they want to be stay-at-home moms but still have, you know, an income. Like I think this mm-hmm. that's what I try to base this platform on is showing that it is possible to do both. You don't have to just be yeah. the one thing. I have so much respect for that. And I also think like you're living proof that your circumstances don't matter. It's really what you decide to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I also actually grew up very, I don't, I'm not sure if you knew this, but I um, am also rural right now and grew up in a very rural area from a very small town. Like there was maybe 300 students in my high school from grade mm-hmm. seven to grade 12. Wow. So my graduating class was like, I don't know, there's like maybe 15 of us. And I was conditioned to believe that because of those circumstances, I could not dream big. And those dreams would never happen because how could they happen when you come from a small town and you Mm -hmm. live on a farm? And um, it's honestly what you choose to believe will become your reality. I know that sounds so cheesy, but I respect you for proving everyone wrong because it is so possible in so many ways. And you're just living proof that, you know, you manifest what you believe and it'll come to life. If, if you believe in yourself, that's all you need. <laughs> right. Well, thank you. No, I really, I really appreciate that. And yeah, it's been, it's been really awesome. And like I said, getting to meet really, really incredible women with really powerful stories. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I started podcasting. <laughs> I, I don't know why I decided Same. <laughs> a podcast. I mean, it was like, I I had uploaded videos to YouTube before that seemed like, okay. Like I figured that out. I, I, you know, obviously do social media, but I was like, how the heck do you get a podcast on like Spotify? How does that even work? It was like such new territory for me. Cause there's not just like an upload button. <laughs> Yeah, it was so crazy trying to figure that out. I think I spent like a better half of a year trying to just get the logistics of how do I do this? Yeah, New territory, though, is such a beautiful place to be in. Um, And a lot of the times we feel a lot of resistance to it. But usually when you feel that and you're in new territory, it's when you're about to reach the next level. So like kudos to you for for you know, sticking it out and, and trying, even though you had no idea, like I was the same. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know how to do this, but we live in 2023. You can Google anything. Anything. If you don't know how to start a podcast, 
don't sit there and cry about it. Like Google it. That's yeah. all I did. And I'm sure that's what you did too. Oh, 100%. There's so many things. And that's like always my favorite thing when people are like, how did you figure out how to do blah, blah, blah. I Googled, it. <laughs> I Googled it. I sat in front of the internet and I just typed in words until I got my answer. <laughs> yeah. I, if only, you know, people realized it's actually not that hard. I think people are more so in by the production process when it comes to podcasting, but you just have to map out your own flow of doing things and like, don't overthink it again. Like don't get caught up on the little things. And I think like what you said too, about just the, the time of it or like feeling like it's too hard or it's too scary. Cause I mean, there were days where all day, that's all I did was sat there and Googled different questions that popped into my head and just tried to consume as much as I could do to figure out what I was trying to do. And Mm -hmm. I think that is where a lot of people fall off is they're not, I don't know what the right word is determined enough, I guess, to, to sit there and, and do the work that it takes to figure it out. I mean, if, if you have the bandwidth and the budget to hire somebody to do it all for you, then like, by all means go that route. But if you are in the beginning stages of a business, you're trying to get scrappy. You're probably not trying to hire a podcast manager right out the bat. And so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you have to figure it out on your own. And I think a lot of people fall off because they're not willing to sit there and just try to even feel stupid questions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think 90% of entrepreneurship is feeling stupid. And if you feel like you are the person in the room that knows the least, like you're doing something right. Yep. Like put yourself in the rooms where you are not the smartest person. If you don't know how to do something great, that's an opportunity to learn. Like entrepreneurs are not single-minded and they're always pushing to learn something new. Like I love when I feel stupid because it means that I'm learning something. It yeah. means that eventually I could be an expert, mm-hmm. but if I choose to let my ego override the fear of feeling or looking stupid, I will never take action. So that's like, yeah, let's just mic drop that. Maybe make that for one liner. (laughs) T-shirts. Like what are we? (laughs) Like stop letting your ego get in the way from living the life that you want. And I think way too many people are afraid of looking dumb. And I think we should actually push back against that. Mm. That's so good. You might have just given me the title for this episode. So thank you for that. <laughs> for sure. There it is. No, I I love that. And I'm just curious because you're obviously at this point and I know it probably hasn't always been like this, but you're mm-hmm. you're very confident or you come off very confident and very um like you're just, you're confident in what you're saying and what you believe and what you feel. And I, I can feel that for you. And I'm just curious if it, if it has always been like that for you or what that growth has been like, since you decided to kind of step into that entrepreneurial journey, was that always something you knew you were going to do or has it been growing pains and all the things yeah. along the way? I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but my confidence has absolutely not always been there. And um, I feel like it fluctuates and I actually like for it to fluctuate because when I don't feel confident, it's usually because I'm trying something new. Mm. And I can give you another example. Like I feel like when I first started my business, no idea what I was doing, right? I had to put my ego aside and be okay with not being okay. Mm -hmm. And then once I started to master some of the things I was learning, you start to get comfortable and Mm -hmm. that's when you get really confident. And I was, I was kind of building off of my confidence. I had the momentum and then I built my business and then you fail 
And then you kind of go down that plateau again of not feeling as confident and yearning to learn something new. So I feel like I'm in this wave constantly of being super confident and I'm riding the momentum and then I crash, but I get through it. And then you keep learning. It's like failure and success. Mm -hmm. And I, I come off as confident, but behind the scenes, you know, there are things of course, day to day that I'm struggling with. And right now, particularly I'm in new territory with starting a subscription based business model. Mm. I've always done done for you services and the membership model is not something I'm used to. So hosting those, you know, um, master classes and webinars with 20 plus people on the call, they're very scary. Yeah. But sometimes I hate the saying, fake it till you make it. Like I really, I, I don't love that saying, but yeah. to a degree, there has to be a little bit of that because That's if you funny. don't believe in what you're selling or what you're talking about, no one else is going to believe it. So sometimes you have to put your doubts aside and just truly decide to believe in what you're saying and other people, like you said, they will feel it from you. Mm. So no, I'm not always confident, but I think it's just riding the the momentum of business and the waves of success and failure. Oh my gosh. I think it's so funny that you said that you're in the season of growing or like trying to build a, a membership business because I'm in the same exact oh, really? thing ah, right now. Love that for you. I'm, yeah, I'm launching it like next week, early next week. And so I'm like kind of terrified about it, but it's been a huge learning curve and I know it's going to evolve like once it's out there, but yeah, I very much was like, I know I want to do this and I'm just going to get it out there and, and see what happens yeah. and adjust as I yeah. need to. But yeah. man, you can message me anytime about membership. And I think the thing that's crazy when you're in a place where you're trying something new, like mm -hmm. to give you numbers, even to be, to be real about what's yeah. happening behind the scenes. Like I've worked with hundreds of brands as, as far as branding and social media goes. And then I launched my membership and there's three people in it. You know, yeah. it's like, that is the reality of entrepreneurship yeah. and trying something new. And I want to leave, if I leave your audience with anything today, it's that like, don't be afraid of being the new guy, the mm -hmm. new gal, whatever term you want to use. Don't yep. be afraid of being new at something. Yep. And that again is attached to ego. We don't, nobody wants to be the new kid at school. Nobody wants to feel like they don't know what they're doing. But the reality is if you don't kind of like go through the trenches, you're never going to know. I bet you will talk two years from now and be absolute experts at membership. Yeah, And that's what a lot of people don't see online mm. as well. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I think you're right. Like the people that, I mean, so often, even the the big entrepreneurs that I feel like so many people are looking up to, like those big names. I mean, every time you hear them speak, it, it's a lot of what you're saying. Like, don't be afraid to try something new and you're going to fall on your face and you're going to fail a hundred times. And you have to be willing to do that in order to get where you want to go because yeah. failure will hold you back if you let it. Um, but you have to be willing to like push through that and say, okay, that didn't work. What's next? And it's so much easier said than done. And I feel like it's, at least for me, it's easy to fail in front of strangers than it is in front of your like people right. that you know the most. And that was a huge right. thing that I had to get over was like family and friends. And sometimes the people that are closest to you are the people that 
are the hardest to fail in front of because they they love mm-hmm. you and they want what's best for you. And oftentimes they have the most opinions that they're sharing with you. And for so sure. that was something I really had to grow through was trying to be like, okay, I'm going to try this and I might try it 50 times and we just, you got to support me through it. And, and, you know, sometimes yeah. they will, sometimes they won't, but um, yeah, that's, I think that's really huge. Not being afraid to be the new guy. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to my mentor earlier this morning and I was like, Sam, like what if there's only one person in this membership before my kickoff call? Cause I'm, I'm officially launching next Wednesday. And she was like, it doesn't matter. You still run it. Like you still show up even for that one person. Mm-hmm. And that's what it looks like to try something new. Yeah. Cause it's like, no matter how many people join your membership, even if it's $15 a month, you still have to show up for yourself. And just in that act alone, you will build your confidence and your tolerance for being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So if I can show up, no matter how many people are in my membership, I'm telling myself, I'm telling my soul, my ego, my aura that like, you're good no matter what. So just keep trying. Like even if that one person is there, nurture them. Mm -hmm. There doesn't have to be a hundred people in your membership for it to work. You can start with one person and they can give you a referral and it snowballs, but you have to nurture it. It doesn't, you, you don't need huge numbers to be successful. You just need to have a determined attitude mm-hmm. and an optimistic outlook on the outcomes. And a lot of the times I think we have to actually detach ourselves from the outcomes, from these expectations we have. I actually, my boyfriend showed me a reel this morning from Gary V. And, um, you know, when he goes to those conferences and he'll take questions from like younger people in the crowd and they're like, how do I do this? Whatever. Uh-huh. One girl said to him, she was like, Gary V, I own a branding and marketing agency. And my goal this year is to make a hundred thousand dollars. And he was like, why did you cap yourself? Like, why did you set that goal in the first place? And she was like, well, that's what I want. And Gary V said that like the minute you put a number on something, you put negative pressure on yourself. Mm. So just don't go into situations, especially new situations like membership, for example, like if I don't have a hundred members by February, I'm a failure. Just go into it with the dedication that, you know, that it's going to work no matter what. And yeah. that ne- release negative pressure that you're putting on yourself. Because yeah. I thought I would have more members by now. And the reality is I don't. Yeah. And now moving forward, I've released all expectations of how many people are going to be in it. And I'm just letting it go. Yeah. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. That's, that's a really good thing to remember too. And I feel like even starting off small sometimes is kind of a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. like you said, when now you're, you're going to have to start showing up and like going on calls or, or however your membership is going to work, but it's like, it could be intimidating if you had a thousand people sign up and now you're exactly. like, Oh my gosh, I have to do this in front of a thousand people versus two or three people. Okay. Like let's start here, serve them with your whole heart and soul. And like you said, they might refer people from that, but at least you're getting in the practice, if nothing else of like, okay, let's start here. And you'll build that confidence and, and in that new territory. And that way, when you do get thousands of people in it, you know, then you're, it feels easy and it's natural. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's really cool. Sure. I love oh that you're gosh. also starting a membership. It's a labor of love, but I think it's an incredible business model. Yeah, it it really is. And I think I've seen a lot of people starting to go that direction. So I'm curious to see 
what what's going to come of it from from what I'm doing and just from what everybody else that I've seen is doing and and kind of like mm-hmm. that next thing because it seemed like we went from you know kind of the typical service based business product based business to online courses and now memberships and it, we're constantly mm-hmm. evolving and I think that's really cool and yeah. my inner marketing nerd like geeks out over this stuff but I'm I'm kind of excited <laughs> to see like what the next thing is going to be yeah we'll have to schedule an interview like a year or two from the date that we started our memberships and like catch up about it I'll be your accountability buddy <laughs> I know right we'll, we'll have to like recap and and figure out where we are yeah <laughs> before you'll and be, after you'll be fine and like I said, like you're, you're no different than me, you know, like if, even if you start with one or two people, like, like you said, nurture them with your heart and soul. And that's how businesses grow. For sure. For sure. Oh, I love that. Well, oh my gosh, Terry, I feel like you have so many things. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but I know I this would be like a three hour long episode. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm so stoked for everything that you have going on. And I definitely think everyone should check you out online and go to your website. Your branding is truly beautiful. Um, it's very, very pretty to look at. So I will, I will say that I, I was very impressed by how cohesive everything is. Um, so yeah. Um, one last question before I let you share where people can find you. This is just my fun little closing question that I ask everybody. Um, but I would like to know what the last thing you Googled was. Oh God. (laughs) Um, is it cheating if I look at my history? No, you can look. That's fine. (laughs) Okay. The last thing I Googled, I want to see like, like, hmm. Oh, you know what? That's so funny you asked that because on my lunch break today, me being little entrepreneur me, I was searching up. Um, I don't know if I'm saying this right portable, they're like portable business ideas. So for example, like a food truck, Uh I'm like top, literally my Google, like right here from my lunch break today at 12 o'clock was like top 10 most profitable, um, portable business ideas because my boyfriend is trying to, he's an entrepreneur, uh, service provider, and he's trying to go more so he can move around more and less be location dependent. Mm -hmm. So I've been... (laughs) Google search, but that's a hilarious question. I love that you asked that. That is so funny. It's so funny how different everybody's answers are and how random it is. I'm always thinking about business, man. Like I have a million and one ideas and it's honestly not healthy because sometimes it leads me astray, but you and me both. (laughs) <laughs> and and I love that you're dating an entrepreneur too, because my husband is also very entrepreneurial. And I oh, feel I like that. we are just constantly in this, like, oh, we yeah. could start a business about this and let's do this kind of business. Yeah. Like, let's time. start a taco truck, even though yeah. we're marketing. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. We would make so much money if we did this and made this. Oh, yeah. My boyfriend, my boyfriend, my husband has like literally come up with like app ideas and he's like, I yeah. should make this kind of app. I'm like, all right. You know what though? It keeps life interesting. I love being with an entrepreneur because it's, we're in our little own little bubble of just creative. Sometimes it's a lot, but it's fun being with someone who's also creative. For sure. And everybody who's in your circle, that's not an entrepreneur just thinks you're crazy. Oh, it's like, they it's, think I'm insane. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I love it. <laughs> awesome. It's fine. Well, I've adapted. <laughs> right. I know you just learn to go with it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, Terry, I would love for you to share where people can find you online, come hang out with you, come check out all the things that you offer. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the podcast, if you just want to either a come on it, I'm accepting guests or listen to casual business chats. Um, it's the social acres show. And I believe I'm, I'm on pretty much everything. So Spotify, um, Apple, wherever you find your podcast, that's where you can listen. And as far as the business side of things go and services go, I'm primarily on Instagram at just the social acre. And then all the links to my website are on the Instagram. So if you go to Instagram, you will find everything, the podcast, the links, that's my go-to source to connect with people. And if you want to just chat with me offline, like feel free to send me a DM. I love having people on my podcast just like this to chat. So if that's something you're interested in as well, um, yeah, just I'm open to conversation, open to connection, even if it's not business related. So get in touch if anything I said today resonated with you. Ah, so good. Oh, I appreciate you so much for being on the show and willing to share all the things that you've shared. And yeah, I just, I think this is going to be a really good one. So I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I can't wait till it goes live. You've just finished another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. And if that doesn't make you happier than a rooster on Sunday, then I don't know what will. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Branded Cowgirl Podcast and TikTok. Also join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can find it by searching Branded Cowgirl Podcast Insiders or head to the link in the show notes. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. It means the absolute world to me to read your kind words, but it also helps other amazing rural women find the show as well. If you would like to sponsor an episode or advertise on the Branded Cowgirl podcast, then please head to sarahelrod.com slash sponsor BCP for more information. Thanks again for being here, and I'll talk to you in the next one.